Amen. Praise God. Um, before I start, could I ask Bible class to go out, please, with uh, Dennis and Anne this morning? So if you're in Bible class, if you're year seven and above, uh, they're going to go out and do all sorts of fun things. I don't know what they've got planned. Lord, we pray you bless our youth in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And um, so it's lovely to see you all again. And uh, it's really a great privilege to be able to bring the word of God to the congregation this morning and all the time. And as James said, we've been covering Acts of the Apostles. And I would encourage you, if you're looking for somewhere in the Bible to read, start reading Acts. It's very interesting. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just uh, easy to read. And it shows you how God really moved. Um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Dave talked about uh, the conversion of Saul how he saw the light. Last week, I think he talked about saw Paul and Silas in the prison. That was wonderful. And so um, I want to go back to uh, a bit earlier in the Acts of the Apostles and talk about Peter. Um, but with Paul's conversion, that was just how one individual's life was totally transformed. Where he saw the light, he had an amazing conversion. And his life was transformed and the direction of his life completely changed. But this week, I want to talk about not just an individual's life that was turned around, but the impact of the Holy Spirit went worldwide. Amen. Let's just pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is life-giving. I pray for each person here today, Lord, that the impact of your word would touch hearts, would uh, touch minds and thoughts. We would learn more about you, Lord, but we would be changed by your power. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I want to go back to Peter, and I want to tell you a story in the Bible. First of all, I'll tell you the quick story, and then we'll look more carefully at the characters that are in it. So this story concerns a man called Cornelius, if you've heard of him. Um, he was from Rome, and he was a Gentile. Bible says he was devout. He ran his household in a devout way, and he had a vision. Isn't it interesting? A lot of the stories we've been reading about following the day of Pentecost, people were having visions all over the place, have you noticed? Um, we had, uh, when Saul was converted, he had a vision. Then Ananias, who went to pray for him, he had a vision. This fella Cornelius, he had a vision. And we'll be learning about Peter. He had another vision. I did say, doesn't it, that the, the, when the Holy Spirit comes, your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. Perhaps we need to see more visions. Amen. Perhaps we need to say, Lord, will you give me a vision? Will you just show me something? But these people were having visions all the time. Anyway, the vision was saying, call for a man called Peter. That was what God told him. Meanwhile... Peter was in another place called Joppa, and he was praying, and he had a vision, making him think very deeply of everything he stood for. And when the men came for him, he went back 
and, and saw Cornelius. That's the, the really story. Cornelius had gathered loads of people together in anticipation of Peter coming ready for his message. And even Peter started to speak to them. But even before he'd finished, the Holy Spirit was poured out. Praise God. That's the story I want us to look at this morning. And um, why is this important? I would like to say this event in Acts is fundamentally so important. We read things quickly, don't we? When we've read them a few times or a few dozen times, and we forget how significant this event was a red-letter day, if you know what I mean. It was a turning point for the world. It was so significant. It was revolutionary. It was controversial at the least, and it blew everyone's mind. Why do you think? Why was it so controversial, this particular event? You probably wouldn't guess, unless someone does guess, no. And I'll tell you why. Because up till then, it was all about the Jews, the Jewish people, the people of Israel. The day of Pentecost, e even Jesus, you think back when Jesus was ministering, there was a Gentile lady, a Syrophoenician lady, whose daughter was troubled with a, an evil spirit. And she came to Jesus and she said, Jesus, would you heal my daughter? And Jesus said, he said, look, I'm, I'm actually sent to the lost sheep of Israel, you know. He said very kindly to her. And she said, if you remember, well, don't even the dogs get the crumbs? Do you remember that? that uh, she said, even don't the dogs get the crumbs that fall off the table? And Jesus said, you know what? Because of your faith, go home, your daughter's healed. But Jesus said, I'm called to the people of Israel. The Gentiles didn't really figure up to that point. Even Peter, on the day of Pentecost, he referred to those lawless Gentiles being complicit in Jesus' death. Do you know that on the day of Pentecost, the last time I spoke, I think I talked about the day of Pentecost, there were thousands saved. I think, um, uh, was it Dennis mentioned it? There were thousands saved on the day of Pentecost. And you know what? They were all Jews. Did you realize that? They were all Jews. Because on the day of Pentecost, people from all over the world came to that special feast. But they were all Jewish men and women. So the day of Pentecost touched the Jews. Read it again and see. Are there any Jewish people here? Apparently, you are a Jew if your mother is a Jew. That is how the line is passed down. But if you're not a Jew, let me tell you now, you're a Gentile. You're a Gentile. And it's the Gentiles I'm talking about today. So let's have a look, firstly, at this man, Cornelius. And then we'll look at Peter and then the message that was preached. So we're going to have scriptures up now about uh, Cornelius. And it's found in Acts chapter 10, verse 1 to 8. It'll be on the screen. In Caesarea, 
there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was a captain of the Italian regiment. He was a military man. He was a Roman. He was a military man. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. One afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming towards him. Cornelius, the angel said. Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? He asked the angel. And the angel replied, your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying with Simon, a tanner, that's someone who is a leather worker, who lives near the seashore. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier, one of his personal attendants. He told them what had happened and sent them off to Joppa. So that's the first part of the story. Cornelius has this vision saying, I want you to send to Joppa and bring back a fella called Peter, and I want you to hear what he's got to say. One lovely thing about this scripture, it said in verse 4, it said, your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Another version says this, your prayers and gifts to the poor have been noticed by God. Isn't that wonderful? This man was a Gentile. But the angel specifically said, your prayers and your gifts to the poor have been noticed. Do you know, I want to say to you today that, that nothing's unnoticed by God. He sees your prayers and he sees your gifts to the poor, even if they're done in secret. He sees them. I thought it was so lovely for the angel to say that. I've seen what you're doing, Cornelius. Of course, Cornelius was a Gentile. But God says, I've seen what you're doing. He said, I, well, what God wanted to do was visit him in his house. And I want him to receive the Holy Spirit. That's Cornelius, a Gentile. So let's move on and say, Cornelius, a military man, he had a good reputation, he was well respected. And uh, Cornelius was waiting for Peter to come. And what he'd done, he'd assembled his relatives and close friends. We know his household as well, in anticipation of the message would, he would bring. He'd assembled everybody ready for Peter to bring this message. I don't think he knew what the message would be, but he assembled everyone and he used his home. And you know, I think God blesses people who open their home. You know, when the, the youth have gone down now, but before all this COVID thing, the youth used to meet in people's homes. We used to sometimes go to Rosa's home, embarrassed there, and we used to go to Andres and Louisa's home sometimes. And I know house groups, people have opened their homes to meet as a house group. And I remember Rosa saying to me once when I said, do you mind if we come, Rosa, and uh, just have one evening? Because they had to go upstairs 
There was no other living room. We, we took over. And she said, you know what? When my house is used for the church, for the people of God, I know it will be blessed. And uh, she said, so I welcome you. And uh, that, that, that remained in my heart. And I think that's true. If you open your home for the gospel, for the people of God, it brings a blessing. Amen. It brings a blessing. Are you willing? Is your heart generous enough to open your home? Cornelius was. And not only that, it says he was, he was a gatherer. He was a man of faith. He called everybody. He got all his household. He got his relatives, his close friends. He said, come on, I'm expecting this man of God to come and bring something special. I don't know what it is, but I've had a vision. Come to my house. So let's get back to the story. The vision had gone to Cornelius. He sent messengers and he got everybody ready to receive Peter. So let's look at Peter's perspective, shall we? From verse 9 to 23. This is going on at the same time. The next day, as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up on the flat roof to pray. It was about noon and he was hungry. But while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open and something like a large sheep was let down by its four corners. In the sheep were all sorts of animals, reptiles and birds. Then a voice said to him, get up, Peter, kill and eat them. No, Lord. I mean, I, I have to smile, you know. If God speaks to you, here's Peter. No, that, that's Peter for you, isn't it, really? No, I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. But the voice spoke again. Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision was repeated three times. Then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. Peter was very perplexed. What could the vision mean? Just then, the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house. Standing outside the gate, they asked if a man called Simon Peter was staying there. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, three men have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them. So Peter went down and said, I'm the man you're looking for. Why have you come? They said we were sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. He is devout and God-fearing man, well respected by all the Jews. A holy angel instructed him to summon you to his house so that he could hear your message. So Peter invited the men to stay for the night. The next day he went with them, accompanied by some of the brothers from Joppa. There we have it. The messengers came, and Peter is now set off from Joppa. Now, Joppa, Joppa's a seaside town. Apparently, it's a 12-hour walk from Joppa to Caesarea. But it's funny, you know why Peter was at Joppa? He was traveling around, and uh, somebody uh, uh, had called for him because there were two people in Joppa that were very sick. 
One of them was a crippled man, and the other lady, a lady called Dorcas, had actually died. Do you remember her? She was, uh, the, the, all her friends held up clothes that she'd made, all that, you know, she was one of these people who uh, make things and help people. And she died, and, and they said, Peter, look, will you come? And he went over and prayed for her, and she was raised up. Now, that's why he was in Joppa, because they'd called him for that reason, and he decided to stay on. And he was staying with this man called Simon the Tanner. That's why he was in Joppa. So it's a 12-hour walk from Joppa to where Cornelius lived. And Peter had had the vision, if you remember, on, on the scriptures. Now, Peter here is holding his very strong Jewish position. You see, the vision was the sheep was let down with loads of animals and birds and all sorts of different things. And he was told to eat them. And he said, no, I'm not going to eat them. I am a good Jew. Now, good Jews could only eat certain food. They, they were quite specific, certain seafoods you couldn't eat, only animals that chewed the cud, not if they had certain hooves. It was quite strict. And at first, uh, Peter thought this vision was about eating food. And, um, and he was very proud. Now, I'm a good Jew. I wouldn't eat that, Lord. No, you know, I've kept these traditions going. But it came clear later it wasn't about food. It was about calling people unclean, wasn't it? It was about discriminating against people. Now, that was also a strong Jewish position. Jews didn't mix with Gentiles. They certainly didn't eat with them, and they certainly didn't go into their house. We see this in the next chapter where he told the story of what, what was going to happen to the apostles. And they said, Peter, what were you thinking? Going into someone's house who wasn't a Jew, are you? <laughs> Can't do that. But of course, he went on to explain what happened. And, and God was preparing him to say, look, I've called you to go and preach the gospel to this man, Cornelius. You mustn't call him unclean. I'm telling you now, put this aside. So, verse 17, he was perplexed. The vision was saying God was allowing him to go and reach out to the Gentiles, something he would naturally never have done. Peter preaches to the gathering, and even while he was speaking, the Holy Spirit is poured out, much to his surprise. Now, I don't know about you, have you ever been in a meeting when even while, before the preacher's finished, God moves? Yeah? Who has? I remember... Uh, a preacher standing up once and he, he read the scripture before he preached and even as he read the scripture, people with demons started screaming. I was only a young girl. I was terrified, to be honest. He didn't preach a word. He just read the scriptures. I remember someone else starting to preach the gospel who wasn't an evangelist. He was quite a complicated preacher. He started to preach the gospel and someone shouted out, I want to be a Christian. 
And he hadn't even finished what he was going to say. I know times in worship where the preacher hasn't even got on his feet. And as the worship has moved, people have been touched by God. Have you been touched by God sometimes? You see, it's not just about the words we speak. It's about what God does. I'm, I'm speaking here. I'm telling you these stories. I hopefully, we'll bring some insight into what God is saying. But God can move at any time, at any point. God can move by his Holy Spirit now before I've got to me points, me main points. Let's keep our hearts open. Say, Holy Spirit, let's pray, Lord. Holy Spirit, would you move upon us all this morning? At any point, Lord, our hearts are open to you to change us, to touch us, to heal us, to deliver us, to speak to us, to give us direction in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just uh, look at what happened. We've heard about Cornelius. He gathered people together. We'd heard about Peter. He put his religious things aside and he traveled to Caesarea. Let's look at verse 44. Peter was preaching and even as he was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. For they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. They spoke in other tongues. Derek Prince would say that that's what happens when the Holy Spirit touches you. Others would say not. But this has happened twice now on the day of Pentecost and on this outpouring as well. The, the Peter and his friends recognize the Holy Spirit because of, the, of what was happening there. 47, Peter asked, can anyone object to them being baptized now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. That's in water. Afterwards, Cornelius asked him to stay with them for several days. What an amazing day. This is why I said this was revolutionary. This was a red lesser day. Everything up to this stage was about the Jewish people and the blessing of God. And now it's happened to the Gentiles. And um, I don't think the apostles expected it. So far, they'd been meeting in the temple or outside the temple. People were getting added to the church every day. We read, didn't we? 3,000, 5,000, thousands were coming to Christ. But so far, they'd all been Jewish believers. Now, this changed everything. And I would like to say, we are sitting here because God poured out his Holy Spirit upon the Gentiles. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. You didn't confine yourself to the Jewish race. But the Holy Spirit has been poured out. Dave was saying this morning that there was a wonderful song in the 70s, all over the world, the Spirit is moving. Remember, all over the world, as the prophet said it would be, 
All over the world, there's a mighty revelation of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. This is what's happened. God poured his Holy Spirit out on the rest of the world, starting here. And just, just as I'm, what time are we? I just have to watch me time. But have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Because if you haven't, then he could have just kept it for his people. The Holy Spirit is available to all of us. Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? There'll be time at the end, I'm hoping. If you want prayer, or if you just want to open your heart now, even as we're speaking, for the Holy Spirit to touch your life and fill you with himself. Okay, so what was the amazing message that Peter preached? He didn't get to the end of it, did he? But what was his amazing message? And um, I had a look at it, and I thought, you know what? These things are fundamental this message. And um, anyway, let's look at it. Verse 36. This is what was in that famous uh, sermon that Peter preached on the, in Cornelius' house. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ. Now, do you know what? I was talking to June on the phone. I just prepared this. And I thought, you know, I mean, she's, she's got a position where she's got an opportunity to speak to someone at the end of their life. And I don't know about you, but you've got to think, Lord, what shall I say? Because sometimes what we read in the Bible is so much you think, what are the important things that I can't miss out? And I think these three statements that I found in Peter's message are fundamental. If you do not know what to say, if you've got five minutes with someone, these three things, I think, are the essence of the good news. Number one, there is peace with God through Jesus Christ. Wow. There's peace with God. You know, if you could think of nothing else when you meet someone on the street who's struggling, if someone phones you up, who's going through a terrible time, say, can I tell you some good news? There's peace with God through Jesus Christ. Have you got peace with God? You know, often years ago, people, soldiers dying, used to say, have you made your peace with God? Have you made your peace with God? Have you got peace with God? Because through Jesus Christ, you can have peace with God today. Amen. Amen. This is the good news. You can have peace with God. There's no barrier. Jesus has got rid of the barrier between us and God. That You can have peace with God. Praise God through Jesus Christ. Next one, verse 42. Verse 43. Let's go to 43. He is the one, Jesus, all the prophets testified about, saying that everyone who believes in him, Jesus, will have their sins forgiven through his name. Praise God. 
there's some more good news. We can have our sins forgiven through his name. We can have peace with God and we can have our sins forgiven through Jesus. Fantastic. Do you need to know today your sins are forgiven? Is there anyone here who needs to know? This is the good news. Your sins can be forgiven through Jesus, all of them. Praise God. And also, as I say, this is the good news. Remember it. Write it down. Put it in your pocket. These three things you might need this week. And the third one says this. Chapter 11, verse 18. This is when Peter was telling the apostles, we can see that God has also given the Gentiles the privilege of repenting of their sins and receiving eternal life. Praise God. You, we can have eternal life. Those three things were all in the message. Peace with God, forgiveness from sin, and eternal life. Have you got eternal life today, folks? Have you got eternal life? Do you know if you died as you walked out and got run over by a bus, you would have eternal life? This is the good news, Peter said. It's good news. I'm going to finish in a minute because I want to cut stuff out that... And I just want to keep to this for a minute. You know, I, when I was first at work, when I was a young girl, and I'd been filled with the Holy Spirit, and I was excited about God, and I told everyone, everyone in my office knew I was a Christian, I was always talking about church, church was the most exciting place to me at that time, I was just full of it all. And I had one lady in the office who was really wanted to know about God, and I didn't really, I, I, I could have told her a hundred things and I didn't know which one of those hundred things to pick. And sometimes we can't preach the whole Bible to someone. Do you know what I mean? And, and I feel these three points are the good news of Jesus. What's our message? What's our message today, folks? Do you know what your message is? Do we know what the good news is? Do we know what our message is to the, to the unbeliever on the street? And I would like to say, these three things are fundamental. Peace with God, forgiveness from sin, and eternal life. Do you know this good news for yourself? Probably, but perhaps not. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Cornelius was a godly man, but him and his household received the Holy Spirit that day. He gave gifts to the poor. He prayed, but he needed the Holy Spirit. Don't rely on being a good person. It's not it. It's not what God has intended far more than just giving money to the poor and praying. He's promised the Holy Spirit. Have you received the Holy Spirit? And do you want to? That's another question. People might say, well, no, I haven't, but I don't want to. I'm asking you, do you want to receive the Holy Spirit? I'll finish now. 